Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and we're here to talk about business. I am here with Brandon from Colossal Fitness in Canada. What's up, Brandon? How are you today? Good. Yourself? Doing well. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course. Alrighty. So let's just jump right into it here. Why did you want to open a gym? What is it that made you want to own your own facility? I think it came about 11 years ago. Um, and it came out of frustration with the restraints that are put on place with um, personal trainers, essentially, in the corporate gym world. Um, I think it was just a means of trying to break free from all the restraints and the very sales oriented and the lack of actual attentiveness to the client's results. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, sometimes that can happen within facilities, you know, they're more focused on the bottom line and just kind of getting people in the door and not so much focused on results or form or why it is that people want to work out. Um, and I was actually just talking about this with somebody yesterday. I think that within the fitness industry, it's kind of been clouded by a couple of different things. And the main idea, the health, working out for longevity, um, just being an overall more healthy person has kind of gotten lost. And I think a lot of times it it's clouded by like how much weight you can throw around or an aesthetic goal that you have. You know, it's like a lot of people are chasing things that are somewhat unrealistic. And that has certainly gotten lost, I think, over the years within the fitness industry. Of course, absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's ironic because even though you sell those really big long-term personal training packages of six months to a year, 144 sessions all at once, and it's a big payout, the client retention was still really low. Like it was probably almost non-existent that clients would actually turn over to a second package after that. Mm -hmm. um, so I find having a less restrictive model, more short-term programming has kept much better retention and focusing on the actual goals of the client has, has kept the sales process fairly easy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because if people are coming in and they have a specific goal and you're actually providing them with the tools to get to that goal and they're seeing results, that's what keeps people coming. You know, it's not necessarily the six month or 12 month contract that they have. It's the results that drive them to keep coming. So yeah, I completely agree with that. And, and when you can provide that level of service and get people what it is that they're looking for, it almost takes away the aspect of the whole sales process. Like it, it sells itself. You don't have to worry about selling what it is that you offer because the results speak for themselves. That's exactly it. Like why we say like we sell our service with our service. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so as far as your business model goes, are you doing mostly one-on-one -on -one training? Do you do group training, uh, semi-privates? How does that look within your facility? 
So the main focus on, of our programming is skill acquisition and education. So we usually start in a one-on-one -on -one basis with all of our clientele just to build, build the proper base for what we're looking for before we transition them into small group. And then the goal is to get the majority of clientele who feel comfortable into groups of twos and threes. And that's as high as we go. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you can provide that next level of attention to your clients and make sure that, again, their form is correct. They're properly educated on what it is they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, and, you know, really help them to reach their goals. So I love that. It's more tailored. Yeah, that's exactly it. We try to take our clientele from like the cognitive standpoint of first starting into exercise into like the autonomous standpoint when then they don't need us as much and we're not as meticulous on detail. And then we can put them into groups and twos and threes to kind of maximize cost effectiveness for them and obviously revenue for us as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It certainly helps because it gets to a certain point where you can only take so many clients one-on-one -on -one because there are only so many hours within the day. So if at one point when they're ready, you can combine some of those sessions together, it allows you to take on more clients and generate more revenue and help more people. And at the end of the day, that's what the goal is, to help more people, to help as many people as possible. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's all footprint based for us. Like we just want to leave the biggest footprint when we're all said and done. So that encompasses mm -hmm. reaching the maximum amount of people. So it's got to be done. Like you said, um, there's just only so many hours in the day and that becomes your biggest restraint. So putting people yeah. in groups of twos and threes has definitely been the biggest uh, improvement in our business model. That's for sure. Definitely. Okay. So as far as other services within the four walls of your business. Are there any other services that you offer as far as nutrition coaching, accountability, uh, supplementation, anything of that nature? So when anyone purchases a package within us, we only work in packages of 10. Um, we keep it super simple. And then I find I've never had to do a sales pitch with somebody. Um, I've never had anyone argue price or anything of that nature. So we always just work in packages of 10 to keep it super simple, short-term commitment, consistent revenue for us. Um, and that's the way we work, but all packages always include a bit of nutritional guidance as well as any additional programming that they want to pursue either at another facility in the area or at home. Okay. All right. So that's interesting. As far as your packages go with it being a short-term package, you know, those 10 session packages, does that make tracking your revenue more difficult as far as like month to month revenue goes because it becomes a little bit less predictable when you're working with those shorter term packages. So how yeah. do you kind of, um, how do you manage that? A hundred percent it does. And I think if you were working in a, uh, a more moderate schedule, you would have a hard time tracking that. We're fortunate enough that we have a bit of like almost a wait list at this point. So there is a consistent stream of clients. So I know that if I put through the same amount of hours in a week and my trainers put through the same amount of hours in a week, the revenue stream shouldn't change based on that. Um, if there were peaks and valleys in our schedules, then of course it'd be super hard to track the, the revenue stream. But right. with everyone just doing a consistent turnover, we're putting in the same amount of hours, the revenue stream stays pretty consistent every month. Okay. So your retention is really good then. It's fantastic. Like I have yeah. a good handful if not more of clients that have been with me for the 11 years that i've had the business registered and they've moved to three or four different locations with me so wow that's awesome i love to hear yeah. that so as far as your client base goes how many clients are you currently serving so myself i would say i'm servicing about 65. 
Okay. And then you have one other trainer on staff, correct? I do. Yes. I have one other trainer. Okay. So in total, um, how many, how many clients are you seeing currently? As currently, I would say they're active within the roster. I would say we're about 80. Okay. Um, All right. It varies. Cause I would say it's about a hundred, but there's always a fluctuation of up and down of people that are staying inconsistent week to week, but. Right. Yeah, of course. So is that, um, are you kind of at max capacity right now within your facility, just having two trainers? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We, we had another trainer prior to COVID obviously, but it's a little easier just to work with twos, um, with the restrictions that were put in place up until this, this week, at least. So having two trainers was kind of our max for keeping it under the current restrictions. And then it, that pretty much leaves us full for the day where there wouldn't be any more room for any more available time slots. So that's pretty much capacity with a bit of a wait list. So business is definitely good. Wow. That's awesome. That's really good to hear, especially right now. Um, so prior to COVID, where was your membership based then how many clients were you serving pre-covid basically how did covid affect your business um i mean covid put a huge dent in the bank account that's for sure um but yeah. as far as the actual business goes we were fortunate to have picked up exactly where we left off we had identical clientele to being put into lockdown as coming out of lockdown so there wasn't really a dip at all um we're fortunate with the model we have where i think people felt safe Mm -hmm. um, and I think the biggest thing for us, the most important thing, and I mean, obviously not everybody was able to do so, but I, I tried to stay in my lane. Um, I didn't branch out. I didn't try to get creative and, and shift and transition to a different business model. I stuck with what I knew I was good at. And I just tried to build some tools for reopening that were going to only enhance that. Um, as far as education goes, creating tutorial videos, just spending my time on social media content, but staying in my lane of what I know I'm good at. Um, and I think that was a big factor as to coming out of COVID, why we just hopped right back into where we were in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Um, so were you doing any type of virtual training during that time at all? How did that work? How were you, or were people still able to come in your facility for, you know, those one-on-one -on -one sessions or? I had, I would say a handful of clients that were given doctors notes and under the current restrictions in Ontario you were allowed to still train during lockdown if you had a medical referral so um, I had maybe a handful of clients which obviously wasn't enough to really do anything but support my grocery bill a month that was about it right. um, so I was pretty much entirely shut down on the in-person side the, I didn't really mess around with any revenue coming from any kind of virtual clientele like I said I just stuck in my lane and just kind of wrote it out. I did provide a lot of content. Um, I pretty much worked the same amount of hours I'm working now during lockdown, um, but it was all just for free just to try to help and assist people that needed it, people that weren't even clientele. Um, I just tried to offer as much programming and online services I could to anyone who requested it basically. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think that that kind of helped to drum up some business for when you opened your doors again? I'm sure absolutely. that that paid off later. Yeah. It definitely did. It was an investment of time, obviously, and it definitely hurt us financially, but it definitely has come back to, to pay us back twofold since, since reopening. Absolutely. That's awesome. So as far as your marketing goes, so it sounds like you're really involved on social media. Um, are you doing any type of targeted advertising, any type of paid advertising? How does that look? How are you getting new people interested in the facility 
Yeah, I mean, I've done both. Um, I've done a lot of paid advertising, a lot of target advertising. Given the demographic of people that that I attract, it, they honestly have never been that successful. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've found that I guess it would be considered more targeting marketing, but I found that doing more giveaway based stuff on a larger scale has generated a lot more attention than any kind of paid marketing ever has. Um, okay. So we go into the community. We work with a lot of other. Um, other small businesses within the community. And we essentially just put together promotional packages um, for giveaways for people. And I find that garnishes more attention than anything else. Okay. All right. So you have tried some paid advertising in the past. You just didn't really get the return on investment with it. No. And a lot of it's probably just my own error because it was, it was only guided through myself. Um, In the future, Mm -hmm. that's definitely a stream we'll try to do to outsource a bit of our social media. Yeah. Yeah. It can certainly be a lot um, as far as, you know, learning the ups and downs, the ins and outs of the advertising game. And it's constantly changing too. So there's always something to keep up with a, a different algorithm or, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And it can be overwhelming because it's something that you constantly have to pay attention to. You know, one day your ads are doing great. The next day they dip and then it's like, okay, well now how do I fix it? And it can kind of be a money pit if you're not entirely sure what you're doing. So yeah, I can completely understand that. And I think a lot of other gym owners are kind of in the same boat with the, the whole advertising game. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think if, if I could recommend anything to anyone starting out, it would probably be that to invest more in someone to run your social media content and more of the marketed targeted advertising through someone who knows what they're doing. For sure. Yeah, because otherwise, you know, they say education costs money and it's so true, you know, (laughs) it's always easier to have somebody that knows what they're doing and just pay them to do it rather than try it yourself because, you know, you end up just, like I said, throwing money into a pit essentially and not really getting the return on investment and nobody likes that. That's not fun for anyone. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So as far as goals for the future. What would you say is the number one thing that you're working on right now within the business over the next six months to a year or so? Because like we talked about, our schedule is pretty much tapped out. I mean, aside from doing price increases, we don't really have any more room to add in-person brick and mortar clientele. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much capped out our revenue stream doing it that way. So the transition for the business is going to be more into meta teaching. Um, I'm going to try to get more trainers that can take on my client load. And then I'm going to try to create more of a meta influence coaching other coaches on the actual personal training side of it and the physical one-on-one side of it. Okay. All right. So kind of taking a turn um, within the industry, obviously, but to coaching coaches rather than coaching clients. That's exactly it. Cause I mean, it, it all comes down to that footprint for us again. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm staring at a big banner in front of me right now. It says make your impact colossal. And that's always been our slogan. So it's, it's all about footprint when it's all said and done. And so like you talked about, there's a restraint to how many people you can fit in, in a day and that's going to limit the impact that you have. So I think the next level for us is training other trainers so that their clientele becomes part of our footprint as well. Yeah, absolutely. And are you thinking about um, expanding your location or opening another location at all? Is that on your radar at all? Or are you really just trying to, um, you know, max out what you have, where you are, which you're pretty much at, and then expand into that training trainers? 
Yeah, um, the facility here, I think, has pretty much reached its capacity. Like I said, passing the passing the torch on a little bit, I think, is the ultimate plan for me right now. And then mm -hmm. it's going to involve a relocation for me to Eastern Canada, and there's going to be a new location to some capacity. So it'll be a, an additional location is the goal. Okay. All right. And what is the timeline on that? Is that something that's just kind of like a thought right now, or do you have a specific timeline on that? It'll be ideally June, July, or August of this coming summer. Okay. All right. So that's coming up pretty quick. Have you started looking at new facilities yet? Uh, I browsed around in commercial real estate. It's going to be a matter of trying to narrow, narrow down exactly what we're looking for. Um, I think the next facility will be more specialized in special need clientele. Mm -hmm. So once I narrow down exactly what the demographic is going to be, I think it'll be a matter of finding a facility that feels comfortable for that clientele. Definitely. So have you, how has the process been? I was just talking to somebody, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that there are differences between the U S and Canada, but somebody else that was kind of in uh, a similar situation in the U S but looking for another location. And it was actually being denied by a lot of landlords who just didn't want to rent to gyms or gym owners um are you running into any of those kind of same issues or how how has that looked for you i haven't in this area and i think it's based solely the fact that we have a demand for tenants and brick and mortar businesses there's a lot of empty real estate in this area so mm -hmm. landlords don't really seem to ask too many questions like i actually held two locations at the same time right in the middle of lockdown um which was a huge huge gamble that didn't pay off for me. Um, we actually moved to a new location right in the midst of COVID and it, it had me left with holding two leases for four months at the same time. So oh, that wow. was a bit of a struggle when both facilities were closed. Um, mm -hmm. But no, I haven't had, I haven't had any issue running into that. Landlords will pretty much give you space because it's in such high demand right now to find clientele. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, as far as you know, holding those two facilities during COVID and, and trying to cover the rent for both of them. Are, were you able to, at this point, kind of recoup the revenue or some of the revenue that you lost during that time? Yep, I would say we rounded that corner in the last probably six to eight weeks. We've kind of rounded that corner and recouped and actually started to turn profit on top of what our losses were during that period. So it was a pretty quick turnover rate. Yeah, definitely. All considering all factors there, that's that's great to hear. Um, so, one question that I always love to ask all of the gym owners that I speak with is, if you could snap your fingers and improve one thing in your business today, what would that be and why? It would definitely be outsourcing. Um, outsourcing the things that don't involve my, my first and foremost skills. So definitely like we talked about social media, I would definitely, if I was going to do it all over again, hire a professional to run that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it'd be able to maximize the marketing and probably would have accelerated where we got to much quicker. Yeah. And I think just, I think it's, you touched on it with education. Like I think just paying for the, for the value of education, um, whether that is just, marketing or or even just um like a business coach of some kind like i've one of the best pieces of advice i was given later on in business was to pay more than you have for a coach and figure it out later yeah uh, so mm -hmm. i think looking back i would have accelerated that process by by outsourcing a lot of the things that i'm not the best at absolutely yeah i mean i think that it's hard as a business owner in the beginning a gym owner specifically because it's like you want to have control over every aspect of your business, but 
just because you want to have control over every aspect of your business doesn't mean that that's the best thing to do or the right thing to do or the thing that's going to make you the most money because you just you don't know what you don't know so it's better to outsource those things and you know give those things to somebody who's been there who's done it you know a thousand times five thousand times and knows what works rather than just kind of trial and error. Um, but that can definitely be hard to grasp in the beginning. Um, when I was working in my facility, I worked with somebody and that's how I was able to grow and scale the business up from basically zero to a hundred thousand dollars for monthly recurring revenue. Would I have been able to do that on my own? Probably not because I don't know the ins and outs of marketing and targeting and getting the right people in the door and you know, there's so much to it. So yeah, I think that that's something and I think a lot of people realize that later, like down the road, once they've kind of gone through a few things and spent the money and not gotten the results that they're looking for and then it kind of becomes real, you know, after the fact. So definitely a good piece of advice for those who are just starting out, you know, hire the coach, get the help, put the right systems in place, and um, it'll be better off in the future. Absolutely. You'll always get return on investment of anything you, you put into outsourcing, in my opinion, from what I've learned for sure. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. And you always learn something, um, you know, whether it be good, bad, what to do, what not to do, there's always a lesson to be learned. So it's, it's definitely helpful and um, highly suggested to Agreed. hire the right people, put the right people in the right places to be successful. Absolutely. Definitely. I love that. All right. So as we start to wrap things up here, where can people find you on social media? So on socials, we are just Colossal Fitness on fa uh, Facebook and Instagram. And then our website is ColossalFitnessTraining.com. Awesome. All right. Colossal Fitness. So make sure go and check them out, especially if you're in the Ontario uh, area. Definitely check out Colossal Fitness. Alrighty. So it was awesome having you on the show today, Brandon. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, make sure you keep killing it out there. We will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Athletic Sports Gym in Delano, California, Chris Ortiz. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks, Dom, for having me. I, thanks for being on. I appreciate you being here with us. Let's hop into it. Tell us what athletics is all about. Um, athletics is an open gym. 
Um, our clientele is pretty young. I would say anywhere from 18 to about 45. We've been in business for the last four years. Awesome. So this is one of those things where uh, people end up in the business from all different walks of life. We have investors who just see it as an, as an opportunity to, you know, plunk some money down and have people run it. We have fitness enthusiasts who want to do it their own way. Uh, for you, it started off as a little bit of a family project that you've since taken over. So give us a little bit of background. You got into this younger than the average gym owner. So having a fresh perspective, something that was a little bit different than what we see in the industry. So tell us a little bit about how you got started. Well, I was just really eager to be a part of it. Um, at 22, 23, I was working out a lot already. And um, I was just very eager, very hungry. Um, as I took the gym over, I learned the lessons of business. And um, some of those lessons were a little painful, but I didn't give up. And along the way, I just learned. Got it. So you grew up, um, your dad, also an entrepreneur, working around him, around his businesses. So there were some things that you saw, probably pros and cons of running a business, having employees, things like that. Before you got into the gym business with him originally, was there anything that stood out that you were you were really excited about or on the other side, things that you said like, hey, if I'm a business owner, I hope I can avoid, you know, this, this or that? Yeah, for me, um, I've always been really organized and um, I've seen other gyms I've visited a lot where they weren't as clean or organized or just the music um, or the front desk, the way you're greeted. Um, I always noticed those little things and I implemented them with my business and how I wanted my gym to, to run. All right, cool, cool. So you get in, starts off as a, as a project with, with you and dad and, you know, whether it's family or just regular partnerships, sometimes we can have conflicting opinions. And if it's, if everything isn't perfectly in sync, sometimes we have a situation like this where, you know, one, one person takes over. So um, it, it was about a year between the two of you um, you started off, I think you said you worked the front desk a lot. You were really heavily into the, the kind of the day-to-day, the, from the intro process all the way on, but like you took over it's, you've been flying solo for about three years. What have been the bigger, the, the biggest changes, the biggest things that, that you've put into place, um, since it's just been you, um, well, since it's just been me, it's it's kind of nice because you don't have to ask for permission. Um, pretty much trial and error. If you feel like um, you want to move the gym a certain way, you do it. Um, if things flow a little better, awesome. If they don't, you go back to the drawing board and say, hey, how can I make this better? Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. So let's talk about, first and foremost, your evolution from working a lot of hours in that front desk role, having, you know, you're, you know, having friends that helped you out that were employees at one point and how it's evolved into a, a more ownership supervisory role for you. How has that progressed? Um, it's progressed pretty nice. Um, I feel like I've been able to grow into it. I feel like if I would have had a gym with a thousand members right out the gate, um, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Um, I think starting from scratch from zero members to now having a thousand plus, it, it's been nice. Um, I've been able to grow with my business. Awesome. So yeah, it's, uh, and, and we should say that you did start off with some members, right? This was an existing gym that you took over, not one that opened from scratch or what um, was that transition like? 
It was for me um, from scratch because we changed the name and the gym had been closed for about two years or about oh, okay. a year and a half. And um, the old gym left a bad stigma. I had members coming complaining about um, dues that were paid, but um, they couldn't go. So I really had to clean things up um, as far as making a, athletics have a good reputation. All right. So the, the facility existed was all or most of the equipment still there when you took it over? Um, the, all the equipment was gone. Okay. I started really from scratch. Okay, so it was basically the shell of where a gym had been that, that you had seen it, but yeah, the only thing that you really inherited was a, a, a little bit of bad publicity and, and yeah. people that you had to uh, turn over and, and try to make them see the new leaf of athletics. Yes, and um, to go off a little bit, there was another gym called the Mini Gym that had um, opened up in Delano, um, but he had another job and couldn't really run his gym. So he had all this equipment and he, we connected and I told him how I was gonna open my gym. So I ended up renting his equipment and that's really what helped me get started as well. Got it, got it. Okay, so you opened the gym up 2018, uh, take over sometime in 2019. Um, what came first? Was it, did your expansion come first or the COVID shutdowns come first? Um, the expansion came first. Okay. So you have things rocking and rolling. You go from 5,000 to 8,000 square feet, roughly things are going, you're growing as a business owner, as a business, and then COVID hits and hit California, you know, as hard or harder than, than most of the rest of the country. What did that look like for you? Um, you know, how much did it impact your business and, and what were your biggest takeaways coming out of it, you know, that, that you adapted to? Um, it felt like a punch in the face, really, because I was just trying so hard to get things going. Um, and then I just felt like I was, I was going to let people down. But at the same time, I wanted to be conscious of people's health. Like, I didn't want to have the gym open and be responsible for a bunch of people getting sick. So um, the months we were shut down, I was just really reflecting and thinking how I wanted to move forward. And then um, I had a conversation with my dad and he said, I think you might have to get another job. And when he told me that, uh, a switch flipped in my head and I was like, I'm gonna open this thing up. So we opened up a little earlier than we should have. But once we did that, um, I feel like we really took off. Um, we ended up being more clean. Um, we would shut down the gym for two hours a day for cleaning and organization. Um, the members were all about it. We wore masks. We, we just really tried to push forward as best we could. And um, we came out stronger from COVID than when we had first started. Got it. So cleanliness was a big, a big takeaway, something that you've, you've carried on. Um, I, I guess we can sort of say like semi post COVID, who knows exactly, but here we are March of 22 and Fingers crossed things are looking better. Any Anything else that you took away? Anything else that you changed um, because of COVID that you're still using? Um, well, we're still using for sure the, the closing hour of cleaning and organizing. Um, pretty much just that, really, just to cleanliness. I mean, that's pretty much the biggest thing we could do. Um, we spaced out the equipment a little more. Got it. Got it. Okay. So we have that. So that's, that's kind of brings us up to, to, to now to the current. So let's talk a little bit about your current operations and, you know, client life cycle, the, the big 
the big questions that always come up are number one, um, what are the best things that you do to get new clients in the door? Um, the best thing we do is from the clients we currently have, treat them well, um, shake their hand, give them a fist bump, let them know that we appreciate them being there. And that's really infectious because when they leave that gym, um, they'll post about it. They'll talk to their friends about it. Um, the merchandise has really helped out as well. Um, around our, we have a small town. So if you see somebody with that shirt, you're like, Hey, where'd you get that shirt at? You feel a little left out. And, um, that's what we really do. It's real organic. I would say. Okay. So primarily referrals, word of mouth, organic, um, have you delved in at all at any point with paid marketing, whether it be Google, Facebook, Instagram, Yelp, anything like that, or have you just strictly grown through organic means? Um, strictly through organic means. Um, what's really helped as well, we've done some videos on Instagram, but never have we paid for sponsorship, I would say. Got it. Okay. So people are coming in, you know, we all love the referral, the word of mouth, the, the organic customers, because then when you do whatever you call it, an orientation, new member intro, sales process, consultation, those people already have some familiarity. They already basically know that they want to come to your gym. So what, what does the process look like? How do you take somebody from, hey, you know, whether it's you or a staff manager member, hey, I'm interested in athletics to actually making them a member and finding what's going to work best for them? Well, I would say we have two types of people that walk in. The people that already know they want to get a membership and the ones that are on the fence. The ones that are on the fence, we'll give them a tour of the gym. We break down the pricing. Um, that's pretty much how we deal with the members. Got it. Got it. So it's a tour. You So it's it sounds like it's kind of almost hands-off, very low pressure as far as, hey, this is this is what we have. This is what we offer. If you're interested, great, but it's it's pretty much just it's almost like handing somebody a menu at a restaurant. It's not it's not super involved as far as what you go through. Yeah, we like to give um, the client their their options of what they want to choose. Whether they want a month to month, a one year, if they just want to try the gym for a month, they can they can do that. Um, I've never been a fan of force feeding sales. Um, I think it's better to let the client decide what they want. And I'm confident in our product. Um, and it's, it's shown proven that I guess it's been working. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're still adding people, people are staying with you. So when, when we talk about your product, uh, we know that you have the open gym. Um, you've had some, some personal training at times. Um, you know, that's one of those things that in an open gym model can tend to Trainers are transient. Trainers are, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting profession. A lot of people like to dabble in it, um, come in and out of the business. But you also had the opportunity at one point, I think the, the biggest secondary service that you've had, you've added some classes, some kickboxing. So tell us how that came to be and how you've incorporated it into your, into your memberships, into your model. Yeah, um, I had a, a client come in. His name was Jomar. Now he's a really good friend. Um, he came with the idea of opening a kickboxing class. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'll hear it out. He had worked at a um, kickboxing school in uh, a town not too far from us in Bakersfield that shut down. And he wanted to do it in Delano. Let's give it a shot. Um, so he was doing it in the little, with the little area that we had. And the class really took off from little by little. We got more members. 
we ended up getting another 1500 square feet just to specifically um, to specifically host that class. And it's been a really good addition to the gym. Awesome. Awesome. So do you see, you know, whether it's near future or, or down the line, anything else similar to that happening? Are there any other services that you'd want to offer? Any other, you know, things that you'd want to do to add value for your members, add revenue streams for the gym? What's, what's on the horizon or in the plans for other things you might add to athletics? Uh, I'm always open-minded to new ventures that I can add to the gym. As long as I have the expert with me to help me do that. Um, I wouldn't um, exactly, for example, I wouldn't do yoga unless I had somebody who was an expert at yoga. I'm not going to pretend or try to be that if it's not my cup of tea. I need, I need someone who really knows what they're doing and then we'll take off with that. Got it. Okay, cool. So as we, as you progress through, as you, you know, you've added services, you've expanded, um, you've trained staff, you've hired people. For you personally, for your, your skill set and repertoire as an owner, what do you feel like the biggest stages of growth have been for you from going from kind of just, just figuring out, um, you know, just how to run the day-to-day, -day, just being immersed in it, and as you've had to move into different roles, have there been any significant stages for you, lessons, you know, skills that you've learned that you think have helped you elevate as a business owner? Um, yeah, I would say um, my people skills and um, talking with clients. I, I was actually pretty shy but when I started the gym. Um, I was real timid to, to talk to people, but I knew if I didn't get out of that shell, it was not going to be good for me or my business. Um, but yeah, I'm just really just trying to do my best. Um, now that I'm managing a bigger staff, I'm learning how to talk to my, my employees and I'm just treating everybody with kindness, but yet being firm with uh, my vision for the gym. Got it. So managerial skills, people skills, learning that, um, th those really all can move the needle. You did say that you have a manager in place under you, correct? Uh, correct. So when it came time to figure out what a manager's role was going to be training, um, did you, did you grow someone from scratch? Did you hire somebody that had experience there to bring more to the table? Um, hiring a manager can be, it's a double-edged sword, right? It usually comes with a big payroll hit. You know, it's, it's questionable, you know, some, some produce revenue, some are only operationally overseeing how did that process work for you? Um, well, my manager, her name's Alejandra. She came in. Um, she was just asked me, hey, do you have a, a job opening for front desk? I was like, yeah, I do. And I was working front desk like crazy. And I was like, I need help. Um, she was probably 17 or 18 at the time, still in high school or just graduated high school. And uh, she grew into being the manager. She was responsible. Um, she had good qualities. She spoke Spanish, bilingual. And um, I offered her the position. I was like, hey, what do you think about becoming manager with me? She's like, I'd love to do that. And um, I can trust, I can trust you're running the gym. Um, I think anybody who's going to be your manager needs to see your vision and um, operate the way that you would, but in their own version. Got it. Okay, cool. So last topic, and this is something that a lot of gyms try to get into and we hear, 
good stories, horror stories, everything in between. Uh, you're you're branching out or growing the athletics brand with apparel, and it sounds like uh, from our initial conversation anyway that it's more than just hey, you happen to be here. We have this, you know, we have some shirts if you want to buy it. It's, it's something you're putting effort into, uh, trying to grow it as a brand. So what was the inspiration for that? And, you know, where where did it come from? And where do you want to bring it? What's the goal long-term for the, the athletics apparel? Um, I've always been a big fan of art. I grew up um, skating a little bit. Um, I was a kid shopping at Zoomies or PacSun. I was always wanting to wear a Frisk t-shirt. And uh, I ended up meeting an artist named Ruben Ramos. And he's been helping me out with the artwork. And it's really been a fun project on the side of the gym because I feel it gives the gym um, some color. It gives the gym um, just, it's a, you're able to see it a little better. Um, you can kind of, you'll be able to see our, it just represents us very well, I would say. Okay, so you're, it's, it's obviously a potential for a revenue generator. It's something that you're interested in. It sounds like it kind of helps to build sort of a tribe of people who are wanting to wear the brand, people who are in the gym or familiar with it and, and want to associate with it more. So those are some of the, the big benefits right now, correct? Uh, correct, exactly. So are you currently only selling it through the gym? Do you have online sales? What does the distribution look like for you? Um, we mostly sell in the gym and they're gone pretty quick. With uh, COVID happening, it's been hard to get the product out in large quantities quickly. Um, I've tried the online. I'm, that's still something I'm mastering. Um, but in the gym, we, we sell quite a bit of merchandise. Got it. Okay. So do you think... Uh, at any point, um, and you said it kind of, it, it's interesting, this grassroots background, like you were into skating and, you know, probably had some local stores and things like that also that you like, do you ever envision like trying, maybe when supply chain opens up a little bit more, trying to get the gear into like any kind of local area shops, things like that? Is it, do you have any goals for it to expand to that point? Um, well, my goal for, for the gym would be to make more gyms and keep selling our merchandise and grow it in that way. If we would be able to sell in other stores, that'd be awesome. But I would like to keep pushing our merchandise as the gyms grow. Got it. Got it. Cool. All right. Last thing I'm going to hit you with um, is going to be lessons. You've, you've been in this game now for, you know, four plus years, uh, learning all different things on the fly, some trial and error, some trial by fire. Um, but there's always, you, for most people, one or two things that stand out. Like if I knew this two years ago, if I knew this three years ago, it would be a game changer. And those are the things that I, I love for uh, people to share with the audience. So is there, is there anything that's really, really stood out for you that you've learned over the years of doing this that you kind of move the needle the most, or maybe you wish you knew sooner? Um, I'd say the biggest lesson for me is when things are bad, don't get, don't keep your head too low. And when things are good, don't keep your head too high. Just really keep level headed because, um, it's a roller coaster. You're going to have problems and you're going to have great moments, but the biggest lesson I've learned is just keep, be level headed and, um, continue to look for opportunity. 
Yeah, staying level-headed, the, the entrepreneurial roller coaster. You always see these videos and GIFs and memes. It's like, wow, this is going awesome. Great. And then the next day, it's like, why, why am I doing this? And it's exactly. the closer you can give yourself to the middle of the line, the better decisions you're going to make, the, the better your position to stay in it for the long haul. Yes. And heck, man, you, you made it through COVID, right? You're still here. So hopefully, hopefully the world won't throw anything worse than that at us anytime soon because that, that was a big one. That knocked out a lot of gyms. It, it took away a lot of jobs. So, and I know, I know California was hit hard. So kudos to you for sticking it out, for still being there. And uh, it's, it's great to hear, you know, another story of somebody that's uh, out there helping as many people as you can change their lives. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You are very welcome. Okay, official last question that I'm going to ask you before we let you go. Uh, if people want to find you, want to find your your brand, your products, your gym, anything like that, um, what's your website, your social media, anything else you want to get out there to our audience? Um, yeah, we have um, an Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram. It's going to be um, athletics, A-T-H-L-E-T-I-X underscore. And then we do have um, our apparel website. It's athleticsapparel.net. Perfect. Perfect. And the gym itself is athleticsportsgym.com, correct? Yes. You can find us there as well. Awesome. Well, Chris, that's about all the time we have today. I appreciate you being here with us. It's been a pleasure. Uh, look forward to seeing, seeing where those big things, big dreams come through in the future, sir. Well, thank you for having me. You are very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show are Kevin and Liz of Elite Performance Gyms out of Fremont, California. Guys, how are you today? What's going on? We're doing good. We're doing good. Happy Friday, you know. Another Happy Friday. Friday is the best. Thank you. I'm a bit jealous of you guys over in California. I'm in New York. The weather is not quite the same as your part of the country, but it's Friday and things are good. Now, guys, Elite Performance Gyms, this is the reason why 
we're here, but for people who haven't come across this brand or this gym before, give us an idea of kind of the elevator pitch. What is this gym? What are you guys about? Yeah, so Elite Performance Gym is a fitness studio in Fremont um, where we provide group classes and personal training. And our mission is to improve the quality of the lives of our clients and our members. And we do that through our group classes and personal training. And we start from the inside out. So we're all about, you know, making sustainable habits um, through nutrition and training um, to be able to carry this on long-term in every parts of your life. Yeah, and that's incredible. And, and so guys, this is necessary work, right? Our people in our community need this type of service now more than ever. People really, really need help in health and fitness. But before we explore the business side of this, kind of take us in your time machine, guys. Bring us back to when the idea of starting a gym was formulating in your brain. What was going on in your brain? What made you want to start a gym in the first place? Yeah. Uh, do you want me? Uh, yeah. So it's a funny story. Um, I'm originally from New York too. I'm from Queens, New York too. So okay. I was born and raised there. Um, so my entire life, ever since I first started working out around like 16 years ago, when I first picked up my dumbbell, started going to the gym, started reading all the magazines before Google, before uh, YouTube, all that, um, I fell in love with the gym. I fell in love with how it made me feel. It helped me bring up my confidence. And I've always wanted to open up the gym from the start. Um, I know very early on, I did ask my parents like, Hey, what are your thoughts about opening up a gym? Um, they're entrepreneurs. They've been owning their business for 40 plus years now, um, based out of New York. Uh, they told me it's very, very hard. I'm not going to lie. They did kind of shoot me down on the idea. Like, Hey, you should maybe kind of go something that's a little bit more secure something that you know, following what kind of society kind of tells you to do, go to school, yeah. job, medical law, whatever it is. I ended up going into that route, but I've always kept that idea of fitness with me. I always made it a priority to keep myself nice and healthy the entire time. Um, I ended up becoming a nurse. Um, then, uh, long story short, moving about like five years ago, I ended up going to Vegas with one of my best friends. Uh, and then I actually ended up bumping into Liz. We never even knew each other. Um, and then we just came up with the idea of both coming up with the gym. Like I saw that she was really into fitness. I was really into fitness. And then we just we're like, you know what? Other people are doing what they love. Um, I hear about the Silicon Valley all the time about people opening up businesses, small businesses. And I'm like, you know what? What do we have to lose? She was an engineer for a few, a few years. I was a nurse already for a few years. We both have something to back us up if God forbid it doesn't work out. But you know, I'd rather just take that risk because again, I don't wanna live with regret saying that I never tried. And um, so we just ended up just taking that leap of faith. Yeah. I love that. And, and so not the, the traditional started as a personal trainer and <laughs> ventured out on our own. Uh, you guys came from other industries and backgrounds, but I'm sure that that influences how you run the gym now with the various skill sets that you guys have. Give us an idea of kind of the services at this gym, right? If I were to walk in, what do you guys offer? Yeah, so we offer, like I mentioned, group classes and personal training. The, the style that we provide is more boot camp, but it's more weight training focused. So we offer weight training as well as some conditioning classes, but our main focus is weight training. Um, just since 
you know, what we personally believe, myself and Kevin, we do believe weight training is critical to losing body fat, changing your body composition, just overall health for your joints um, and well-being. So we do focus on that, um, but we do offer like cardio classes um, as well, because obviously you want to have that cardiovascular up there. So we offer a combination of both. So we do personal training, customized one-on-one, and as well as group classes. Okay. And so group classes, personal training are, are really the meat and potatoes, guys. Give us kind of some, some rough numbers to work with. A lot of gym owners are listening to this podcast down the line and, and they can kind of resonate with, with numbers and size. How many people and, and what do they typically pay, at least on the group training side of things first? Yeah, so at the moment, we have just about 300 active pain members. Um, what they're typically paying, um, usually people either pay $199 to $249 a month for our group classes per month. Okay. So we, pay, we charge $199 for 12 group classes, $249 for unlimited group classes. And what that includes is group classes, we do in-body scans, um, you get a call with our head coach. Um, we do have accountability calls. We provide meal plan examples because a lot, what we find is a lot of people have a hard time getting protein in. So we've created meal plan samples for everyone. Um, and we also have our, uh, you know, which I'm sure a lot of gym owners have, they have that private Facebook group where we're always posting fitness tips, just to try to provide value. Yeah. One interesting kind of thought experiment when it comes to pricing, at least is is that the pricing that you guys started with when you opened? Oh, no. absolutely not. We were charging, the way we used to run it back then was like, I think we're charging 100, 120 for unlimited. Um, and if someone came in and said, oh, that's too expensive, we'll be like, oh, how much do you want to pay us? So like, I'm willing to take anything. What do you want? Well, what's, what's affordable for you? So uh, we definitely grow. We don't do that now. You know, we have our standard and, um, but it's just, you're right. Like when we first start off, we don't know what to charge, whatever anyone wanted to pay us, we'll accept. We just yeah. wanted that. We had no idea how to run a business, but we learned on the way. You know? Yeah. So some things have evolved a little bit <laughs> since we opened. We're not just accepting some pocket change and link <laughs> membership anymore. Yeah. What about on the personal trading side of things? What do you guys, how do you sell this? Cause there's kind of two schools of thought when it comes to PT and one is the traditional selling sessions, selling packages, and then a more recent evolution is keeping it monthly and just doing a number of sessions per month or per week. Where do you guys fall? Yeah. So we fall under the, you know, we, how we run our business is everything is reoccurring. So for personal training, just like group classes, it's a, every month we charge either eight sessions or 12 sessions or four sessions, but it is reoccurring. Um, if they don't finish all the sessions, the sessions roll over to the next, but essentially, you know, we're, it's a program that we're providing. Yeah. That, uh, that mindset, that model makes for much easier planning when it comes to running a business. We see that with the traditional package model, we may sell a 48 session package and, and revenue looks awesome one month, but that person's not going to buy again for another three or four months yeah. where you guys have the ability to kind of plan out much better. We know we're going to have X amount of revenue this month, X amount of revenue next month, X amount of revenue the following month. And so talk to us about the marketing and what goes into really growing the membership that you have. How have you guys found success in finding new members? 
Yeah, so we do, the way we market is um, we obviously do run Facebook ads. Um, that definitely um, helps us provide new members. Um, we are in a commercial location, meaning like we're right next to a bank. Um, our place is visible, so we also get a lot of walk-ins. Um, you know, drive-bys during COVID, you know, we're doing things outside. So again, that brought a lot of attention to us. Um, and then we obviously do referrals as well. So what we do, we, we, we don't just rely on one source of marketing. We want to do everything, you know, all types of marketing, business to business marketing, yes. uh, Facebook ads. Right now we're going to run a, um, bring a friend for free next week. So, um, what we've, what we've learned is we shouldn't just put all one eggs in one basket. We need to diversify our marketing strategies. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and we describe marketing as a toolkit more than a singular tool, right? We have tools for certain tasks. Mm-hmm. The more tools we have available to us, the better we can accomplish those tasks overall. And so one thing that you mentioned was the idea of running Facebook ads. And that's kind of a either, at least in our industry, we either do it and we love it, or we don't do it because we don't know what we're doing. What's been your overall feeling about running Facebook ads? How has it been for you? It's been really well. Um, you know, we, we do have someone who does our Facebook marketing okay. ad, so I, I, I don't take credit for that. He runs <laughs> sure, sure, sure. He runs, we just provide him the video. So we, we get a videographer, they create our content. I tell them what we, what I want. Um, but obviously we're responsible for selling and retaining the members. Yeah. Uh, but okay. it's been, yeah, I will say it's definitely been, um, very important. Um, it's been, um, you know, that's how we do get a lot of our memberships is through the Facebook ads. Okay. And, and so, phone, so, yeah. And so leads are coming in from a variety of sources from, from what you described, but you, you mentioned selling and retaining members is really where our focus is. Talk us through kind of the, the typical sales process, right? The lead comes in from wherever, be it Facebook ads, be it a referral, be it a walk-in off the street. What happens next in the journey from them going from lead to paying member? Yeah, so let's say um, you're Joe, you just signed up for a free class. So typically the process is uh, one of our team members will give you a call just confirming that you're still on. The moment um, you you confirm, we tell you to come in um, 15 minutes before class. This allows us to make sure we have enough time, you know, to introduce you to the coach and whatnot. So you come into our facility, um, we have a, a welcome sign that says, welcome Joe to your first free class. Our front desk greets you with a great smile. We're like, hey, are you Joe? Joe, awesome. My name is Liz. Welcome to Elite Performance. I give you a tour of the gym. I have you um, fill out our intake form, which gives us information of what you've currently been doing, any injuries, what's your fitness goal, what's your availability. Um, and that's basically, we want to get that information. Um, so when we do perform our serious consultation, um, we had that information already done. So once we get the waiver and that intake form, uh, we introduce you to the coach. Um, and that's a handoff. So the front desk gives a hand, uh, you know, builds that report, gets a handoff to the coach. The coach, um, you know, takes the lead, um, gives them a great experience. Um, I do have to say we have the best coaches in the Bay. So they, they you know, <laughs> if you take a class with us, it's, it's going to be awesome. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so they, you know, they, they go ahead, have a great experience, and the coach hands it off to the front desk. Um, our front desk is awesome as well. So then they'll go ahead, take your, take the lead to the back. Um, and the way we sell is, um, my, at least my 
philosophy of selling is really just connecting and solving problems. So we really try to dig deep and figure sure. out why is this person here? Why it's important for you really get that emotional reason why, because everyone's here for a reason and we got to figure out why they are here and essentially how we can help them. So yeah. once we figure that whole process out, then we provide, we prescribe to them which package would be best for them and we get them signed up and then become a member. We give them a member kit, like a free shirt, shaker cup, sticker, bag. Um, you know, we get them all hyped up um, and yeah, we welcome them to Elite Performance Family. Perfect. And, and so guys, I mean, what you just said there is tremendously important, right? we're at a sort of a unique advantage in terms of a sales position because they came to us. They're already here. Like they did a class because they have some sort of problem. If we can figure out what that problem is, should be a fairly easy sales process. It doesn't need to be pushy. It doesn't need to be used car salesy, sleazy tactics. We're just offering a solution to their problem and, and how to go about fixing it. And so if we're to kind of take a step back and of course look at this process from a from a uniformity standpoint right we said we have lead gen way up at the top in our funnel somewhere in the middle is that sales process and then somewhere down at the bottom is retention and, and how many members we keep around where do you guys think that you could improve the most here as we get into 2022 is it more leads is it better closing percentage is it better retention Where's your focus? Yeah, I would say at the moment, you know, with the situation going on, especially over here in California, um, especially in like Fremont, you know, like, you know, you can't, you can't deny what's going on. And the, the one thing too is, True. you know, you want to be, we want to be able to be everyone's safe place to be. Cause you know, like everyone is very scared of what's going on. And again, we're not trying to judge anyone on their own opinion, but the main thing too is what we want to do is we want to try to promote health in every single aspect, meaning like, if you are getting vaccinated, you're not getting vaccinated, booster, whatever it is to the one thing too is going to stop you from anything is you building up your body, you building up your immunity naturally. And that's through exercise, decreasing uh, stress level, getting more sleep, drinking more water, getting in your vitamins, your vegetables, everything, doing everything that's basic, that's in our control, everything in our control. So for us, the one thing that we talked about that we could, we can have in control is our, our client experience as well as their uh, customer service, you know? So we, those are the two things that we now have discussed and have agreed upon that we have control over and we have to make sure that everyone feels safe. Customer service is through the roof and the client experience when they come in here. I know a lot of people are scared like with COVID and this and that and everything. We make sure that everyone feels safe and that they're not worried about that. They come in here to better themselves. So that's one thing that I know that we're definitely focusing on a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's so the answer for us, it's more right now retention. Initially, when we sure. first started, you know, the problem before was, oh shit, we don't have any, sorry, we don't have any clients. No one wants to come okay. to yeah. We only have five members and one of two of them are my parents, you know? So yes. at the moment where it was like getting uh, members, but now that we have a member base, obviously we want to increase that member base, but because of the situation, definitely retention. Because if we're able to provide a great experience, if we're able to give clients results, um, they're gonna, they're just gonna refer their friends, you know, yeah. it's, it's just the cycle. So right now it is obviously everything's important, but, um, me and Kevin discussed right now, the retention and the experience is really yeah. key. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting because of what you said, right? You could have the best marketing, the best sales team in the world, but if you have a shitty product, like people are going to notice, 
Yeah. yeah. And, and so making sure that the product is good, making sure that the delivery and the fulfillment is sound, retention is going to be where you need it to be. And especially during kind of uncertain times as these last 18 months have been, we can always fall back on controlling the controllables. Mm-hmm. Kevin, to your point, and, and even as businesses mature a little bit, Liz, you mentioned, hey, our sheer goal was getting bodies in the door at the beginning. Now we've moved on and, and are a little bit more stable than that. And we can almost focus on how do we serve the people that we have a little bit better? If we're to slap a, a business metric on that, it's probably going to come in the form of like, revenue per member, right? Getting people into some higher level services, be it personal training or nutrition coaching, maybe supplements or merch or whatever, and and getting them more ingrained into the community with the people that we have. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the sign of a more mature business over the years. And it sounds like that's kind of where you guys are in general. Is that about right? Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Very cool. Well, guys, I mean, we've talked about how this whole thing came to be. We've explored what it looks like as of today. Take us into the future, right? We just mentioned that it's difficult to make big plans with the shifting landscape of the last year and a half or so, but what is the big picture for elite performance and you guys? What is what is the vision that we're striving towards as we move into the future? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Yeah. So it's something that we've always been wanting to always expand. Like for our first spot, when we got, we outgrew it within the first year, uh, we opened up this second location, our primary location at the moment um, during COVID. And we outgrew that within that same year. So for us, um, where we see ourselves in the future, the near future is definitely opening up a bigger spot. One spot that's maybe around, I would say 8,000 square feet. So pretty big spot, but where we want to create the facility where it's kind of an all-in-one, kind of like uh, where you have your personal training there, we have enough space for them, they feel safe, uh, bread and butter is still going to be the boot camp. Um, we also want to have kind of like a recovery area for clients and showing them how important recovery is. We also want to include a little bit more nutrition. Uh, both myself and Liz were big, big advocates for, like you know, food is energy and it's fuel for your body. So we wanna make sure that, you know, if you're properly giving your body the, the right nutrients and the foods and the protein, which is probably the number one key that most people are lacking in, in their life, uh, we wanna make sure that we are supplementing with that, with that as kind of like having like a kitchen there, or a fuel bar, whatever it is. Um, and as well as just, you know, just we wanna just help as many people as we can, you know, again, being big advocates of health, we wanna be that healthcare provider, pre- uh, preventing people from going to the hospital um, that's our main goal. And again, just having the best trainers in the Bay, you know, like I'm a big believer of, you know, I want to create other leaders on the way and I want to be able to, you know, just help everyone. Um, again, we don't try to compete with anyone. We just celebrate everyone. We celebrate everyone's victory, whatever it is. If they attend three classes in a row, we like to give them a big round of applause, everything, because that's a little win for someone that's going to lead to a bigger win down the road. Yeah. So your location, more staff, help as many people on the way and just make everyone into a leader down the road. Kind of having like a, like we want this location or in the future, we want to be like that Disneyland of fitness, like yeah. have that, the, you know, personal training group classes, really nice equipment, um, like obviously effective equipment um, and just have everything where people are excited to come here and just providing that best experience for the clients and also creating careers for 
our team. We want yeah. them to as well. Yeah, I, I want to highlight something Kevin just said, and it's it's creating leaders, right? Recreating success. The reality is you guys only have so many hours in your day and you can't be there. If your hands are involved in every activity of the business, we're going to bottleneck ourselves and we just can't move past a certain point. And especially as you guys entertain the idea of multiple locations or what's the next step, if you can't be there all the time, we need to empower other people on our team to be able to do the things that we do and do well mm-hmm. for the whole thing to succeed as a whole. And, and it's, it's an exciting time. It's a challenging time. A lot of the time, gym owners struggle with delegation and, and giving up that control, but that's, it sounds like that's your focus. And, and I think that's going to serve you far more than just trying to work hours and hours and hours on end in the long run, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, that's probably a pretty good place to, to start to wrap this whole thing up. But before we get out of here, where can people find out a little bit more about Elite Performance? Yeah, so you guys can um, visit our Instagram. It's Elite Performance um, Gym, underscore gym. Um, you can also visit our website, ElitePerformanceGyms.com. Um, and yeah, and our phone number is 510-661-3622. Um, that's our business line. And yeah, I mean, if, and also if there's any other gym owners out there, um, no, we'll love to connect with them because I, I agree with what you mentioned before is I feel like sometimes we get stuck in our own bubble and it's always good to connect and um, collaborate. You know, we're a big fan of collaborating. Yeah. And then um, if I had to add maybe one thing, you know, if this maybe reaches out to anyone, any piece of advice I would say is, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that might doubt you. Um, and especially in this time, it's very, very tough. It's very, very tough, especially with being in a gym and opening a gym during COVID, you know, which people to us, they, they thought we were, you know, excuse my French, fucking crazy. You know, everyone, my parents, like, and maybe we doing? are a little bit. Yeah. You know, they went crazy. You know, everyone's going crazy. Like, how do you do it? The thing too, is that, you know, we all have visions. No one sees that vision, but you, and the thing is you need to be, you need to have only one believer and that believer is yourself. And it's, if you're grateful to have someone else as a believer, like Liz, my wife over here, (laughs) um, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Have a vision, have the, have the mindset that you want to help people and then people will come. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys have, have created some more believers along the way. And that's probably the biggest clue for success. Guys, it's been awesome to host this conversation and see kind of your mindset into how you run your business and, and thoughts around it. I wish you nothing but the best. I, I can't wait to see what the next iteration of Elite Performance Gyms is in the future. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. Thank you. Absolutely. And so to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, 
tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.